The following content may contain elements that are not suitable for some audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. I can't really tell quite yet if there's going to be a shift or not, but also I don't fucking care. <laughs> You've officially entered great. fuck it mode. Oh yeah, my fuck it mode's in sport mode. Oh, it's like in sport 100%. mode. A hundred percent. Hi guys, welcome to this episode of Corporate Quitter. I'm super excited because I have Nicole on and Nicole I had the pleasure of working with over the past like three months or so in January and we have such a good time together. We have so much in common, which is so funny because I find that I have more connection with meeting people online than I do in person because of, again, this like similarities and things that we have in common just happen to come out really easily online. So Nicole, thank you so much for coming on. Can you give us a little backstory of like what you're doing, who you are, like all of that good stuff? Yeah, sure. Well, first off, thanks for having me. I'm so of honored. Of course, bitch. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I started as a listener. So to be on. You were listening to the show before this? Yeah. Oh, shit, I didn't know. That. I thought that Kaylin just connected us and you're like, oh, I see that you're doing stuff like help me launch a show. I didn't realize. Oh, well, well, I didn't know that. She did connect us. And then I was like, well, I need to listen to the show now. OK, it started with her episode. And then I was like, wait, this is really good. So then I started listening to more. And I was like, <laughs> cool. oh, my gosh. You said this is a swear friendly podcast. Oh, come on. Yes. Fucking course. Uh, nothing is off okay. limits. <laughs> Excellent. Well, hi, my name is Nicole. I'm an entrepreneur, Gen Z entrepreneur. Shout out to all my fellow Gen Zs. Currently making the pivot to UGC. If you don't know what that is, it's user-generated content. A lot of bigger brands are leaning towards UGC for advertisements like on TikTok, maybe some reels here and there. I'm just trying to figure out the world of entrepreneurship, you know? What is UGC? Like, what does it entail? Like, and also, why is it sexy? Like, why do you want to get into UGC as opposed to like traditional or right, I say traditional, but like this new wave of online business where people are like coaches and all that shit, right? So it's basically like for people who are already using products, having them film their experience of using the product, it's a lot more organic. It creates this entire field for entrepreneurs looking to get into marketing, but not necessarily having their own products to have to advertise. And it's cool because there are different types of UGC, like there's product photography, there's product videography, and then there's a there's like the more traditional, like sort of like influencer brand deals, but not quite. Can you give like an example maybe? Oh, I took like this toothpaste and like I filmed myself brushing my teeth with it and that was the user generated content or is it like, is it less salesy? Is that what it is? It's like more lifestyle. Like why is it, why is user generated content different than like brand deals or are they the same thing? Like the same terms? No. So user generated content, it tends to be like you sell like whatever video or picture you take and then you also sell usage rights it could be a year five years oh, like for life so basically the brand can keep using and reusing your products there's more like content creation involved and it's not so much like oh here we're going to, to approach you you don't use our product but we're going to pay you to talk about it anyways it's like people who are already using this stuff are reaching out to brands and saying hey i'm already using it you might as well pay me for some video content that you can use for a year two years three years whatever it's just a lot more organic. It's a lot harder to tell if something's UGC or if it's like influencer, like branded content. Obviously, you still have to label it as being like a paid, like sponsorship or that you were sent product or whatever, but it tends to be a lot more organic. Yeah. So there's no BS. Yeah. Now, do you, have you had success with it? Like how's your, like your, your 
whole experience with it been so far? Because I know it's relatively new for you, right? It is very new. So I'm like just starting out. So I'm building out a portfolio on my website right now. A lot of portfolios for, and this is no shade because it's such a new like type of content creation that a lot of portfolios tend to look the same. So I'm trying to differentiate myself in like how I design my portfolio. I have web design experience. I used to be a web designer. So I think that that kind of gives me like a upper hand that can make it a little different and not super cookie cutter. A lot of UGC creators just use like Canva websites, which by the way, if you're listening to this, Canva websites are not websites. Are those like the landing pages or like the, what is it? It looks like a link tree almost like the one page with a couple buttons. Yeah, pretty much. I didn't realize that you needed a portfolio. Like I didn't even know that for UGC that was a thing. Now, is that different from a media kit or is that kind of like the same vein? It's like the equivalent, I guess. Like once you develop experience in the UGC world, you can add in like I've worked with this brand, this brand, this brand, or I guess niche down. It's so new. If you're trying to get into UGC, if you're listening in, just take pictures of stuff that you're using like in your house right now and like style them, make them look good. Take pretend TikToks, like film them post them on private, save them, and then put them in your portfolio. So they can't be seen on your profile, but you've made the content. Like if you're just starting out, it's your practice run, basically. So like do your research and see what other people are posting for products and see how you can differentiate it and kind of add a little bit of your personality into it, specifically for like TikTok content or like video content and just put that in your portfolio. Interesting. I have to creep your website up to this because I definitely have a ton of things. Like everyone knows me as the press on nails girl. Everyone knows me as that person. And I've gotten some like free um, stuff from that or, you know, discount codes and things like that. And that's awesome. But I, I never actually positioned it as like UGC stuff. Like I never heard of a portfolio thing either. You can literally take a picture of like if you have a perfume that you really like, take some shots of the perfume. They sell even like on Amazon, like UGC creator like kits with like backdrops you can change out like lighting they're like 30 bucks you can just put products in there take some practice shots and it's super easy it sounds really fucking fun too yeah no i love it i love being creative and i love photography i love creating video content so for me it's just fun like even creating the portfolio which is how i know i'm in alignment with this i was gonna say is that been a huge indicator of like why you're switching from web design and that web strategy to ugc you're just like this isn't fun anymore like i did it for a couple years good run but like i'm ready to try something new and this is like lighting you up inside type of thing and you're like okay let's do this 100 percent. and i think you had an episode about this on your podcast i forget if it was season one or season two like when you leave like the corporate world or like I was in education, like once you leave that and you kind of have space from that, all of a sudden you become like wicked creative and like the juices start flowing again. And like, that's kind of where I'm at right now. So I'm like, oh my God, I just want to create. I want to be creative. I want to like put content out there. I want to have fun. <laughs> like, Well, that's the fucking point, right? Exactly. Oh, so you're a Duncan bitch. You're, you're OG. I, I mean, I, I have my, my days. To, I, I switch back and forth depending on what it is. I was going to say there's some stuff that's better at Starbucks. Like the refreshers are way better there. Mm-hmm. Duncan, I find, is a little too sweet sometimes. Yeah, no. I There's one refresher that Dunks had with like the coconut milk. And I was like, that's fucking disgusting. I was very disappointed as a New England bitch because we run on Dunks. And I was like, this is <laughs> so disappointing. I don't really like uh, Starbucks like iced coffee like I'll do their like espresso whatever ice like shaken espresso mm-hmm. and the reason I like it is because it's pretty much loaded with sugar but with Duncan I'll just get the iced coffee and can literally have it by itself with like a splash of almond milk and it's like not too bad because I feel like Starbucks coffee is very harsh yeah it's wicked strong 
I feel like Dunk's coffee is more acidic, but the actual taste, like the flavor of a Starbucks coffee is like way stronger. So I'd rather just deal yep. with the acidity of a Dunk's coffee and like yeah. dilute it with some milk or something. I agree. Wait, so are you a milk drinker or are you like an oat milk, like a non-dairy drinker? I used to do oat milk and... Depends on the day? Yeah. If I'm getting it out, I'll get oat milk. But when I'm making it at home, I just get like the creamers, like the pre-flavored creamers. I know they have non-dairy ones, but I don't like the flavors of those. And I'm a flavor bitch. (laughs) Although everything varies. If you're in New England, you go to Market Basket, you know that stock at Market Basket is just so unpredictable. I just take what I can get sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) I've been seeing a lot of stores like that where like for the first time ever, I mean, we kind of sort saw it during COVID, but more specifically now I find that there's a longer period of time where this like the fucking shelves are empty and you're like, what's the, what the fuck is going on? No, honestly, like what's the excuse? People are living their lives normally again. It's like, what's, what's happening? I want to know. It was understandable during COVID because like less people were working and so like things took longer and like all that other shit. But like, what the fuck's going on? Personal problems. Actually, no, I can't even say that now because apparently the U.S. is considered a third world country, which is fucked. But did you see like a TikTok about that or whatever? No. I mean, I it felt well, so, like it for a while, right? Like we were basically just like a third yeah. world country with like iPhones and like Gucci belts. But we're, we're posers, right? So we, we say that we're the best country in the world. But now we're like, oh, shit, we're actually the worst. And the reason I think they're why we're slipping out of that is I think it's like I think I don't remember what the stats are, but it has something to do with like gun violence or violence in general it has to do with mortality rates it has to do with health it has to do with um education which we all know the education system here blows like that's not a new thing it's only gotten worse so when you look at all those factors you're like and now we have countries like australia and i I forget the other country i know specifically australia they had put out something in the news saying like don't travel to the u.s it's dangerous especially if you're like you know lgbtq or like a woman like it's dangerous and you're like wow what the fuck why am i living here I saw that and my jaw dropped, even though I was like, okay, that makes total sense. Yeah. I think it's just wild to see it happen to us because we always see it happen with other countries. Like, oh, yeah. don't go, you know, wherever. Or like, if you go here, you have to get all these vaccines and like, you have to do all this stuff. And like, you really shouldn't go, but like, whatever, fine. So it's weird seeing it happen to us, even mm-hmm. though living here, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Why would you want to come here yeah, at this point? Yeah, exactly. I feel like Canada has something like Germany, which is wild. I know Germany of all places, like, right? I mean, they've taken a turn for the better, but still, <laughs> you know. Like historically speaking, that's wild. Yeah. I saw something, but that Canada, Denmark, Germany, and like some other country within the next 10 years are actually going to start taking American refugees. Interesting. That's fucked. I'm not surprised, though, because of how bad it's getting, honestly. Like, and, you know, I actually, this is interesting because you lived abroad for a little bit, right? You lived in the you, England, right? I think you said for a little bit. Like, and you said your experience yeah. there was actually pretty dope. And, I, like, I'm hearing from a lot of people, too. Part of the reason people weren't leaving, you know, the U.S. obviously was, like, family and ties like that. But they're like, oh, Europe is expensive and all this stuff. And it's like, well, if you get health care and you get all these other things, like, how bad could the trade-off possibly be? And, like, to this point... Not that I'm really considering moving, but I actually I'm going to have someone on the podcast soon to specifically talk about like getting visas and like actually leaving the U.S. and what it's like to like work remotely in another country and all that shit. So like what's what's was your experience 
that, like doing that. And then now seeing what the world is like, are you reconsidering it at times? Oh, a hundred percent. Like every day the thought crosses my mind of like, well, I could go here. Like I could go back there. Yeah. I've actually thought about, so I went there originally and I earned my master's degree there because it's, it takes like half the time and it's cheaper. Oh, I didn't know that. I saved about 20 grand. Seriously? I'm still $47,000 in debt. Should I drop my Venmo? <laughs> but... <laughs> I mean, you gotta, I have Honestly, to save no the shame. cash up. I started adding it to my socials because people out of nowhere, they're just like, hey, can we send you money? I'm like, I guess we'll play this game. Like, sure, you could be my sugar daddy. That's fine. Whatever. Right? And no feet picks in return? That's like gold. Some of them still ask. Like, I'll get, oh my God, I, girl, I got I got the other day, someone asked me if I wanted to get into a debt contract. And I was like, what the fuck is that? Because I don't know. And apparently in like the FinDom world, it's so fucking stupid. And this is why I, I no shade to the men out there, but like you're the, y'all are the only ones fucking paying for this. It's like this grown ass man who's like, yeah, you know, you like name an amount of money and I have to pay it off over a certain period of time and you can charge interest and stuff. And I was like, and you don't want anything? And he's like, no, it's just fun for me to be humiliated and do something like that. I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, do you hear this? Like, oh my God. what the fuck is, I don't understand. How is that fun? How is that fun? It's kind of like that episode of Euphoria where that guy's like, kitten queen, oh, like, yes. keep yelling at me. Yeah. And you're just like, this is, these are the people who are running our country. Again, no shade to the men. I love men, but like, what the fuck? Also, more than half of them have like lead poisoning. Oh my God. I read about that on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> or like watch the video and that yo it's so fucking true it was like oh the reason my boomers are so angry is because they're all they've been poisoned by lead no wonder they're fucking idiots and i'm like oh god like i'm so sorry <laughs> there are studies that have been done saying that lead poisoning makes you an angrier person like peer-reviewed like this isn't just bullshit it's been proven that's so interesting So if you're watching this and thinking like why am i such an angry person you probably maybe you have lead poisoning I, like how long does it take to purge out of the system if you can at all because I know that there's like forever chemicals like they talk about Teflon and stuff and pans and how you can't like get that shit out of your system so like lead and like I know mercury and all these things that are like they happen a lot uh like does can you actually get it out or is it like something that stays in forever and then you're like fucked I'm googling it <laughs> it can stay in your bones for up to 30 years that's fucked 30 years like including like teeth oh god that's interesting and you know that's actually even worse because i feel like so many things like diseases and shit was like it starts in your mouth so if you have fucking lead in your mouth or i know like older people like my mom she had mercury fillings because that's what they used back in the day and she got them all removed and she got like regular fillings putting in when she was older but that shit sits in your mouth it's like you're sucking on a bar of mercury so delicious i know it's a great visual um, anyway, sorry, we went off a tangent. So get get us back to, okay, you were, you know, you were in the UK, you know, studying, you got your master's there. And so I, I know also you've been trying to move to Dallas or like leave Massachusetts and go somewhere else. Has that shifted to now maybe considering leaving the US again? Or is it still you're still like figuring out your shit and like kind of playing with that? Yeah, I'm still kind of figuring out my shit. I think I'm, I would love to visit Dallas. But I think recently, like with all the tornadoes and like storms and stuff i'm a new england girly like we're not used to that <laughs> i'm not built for that so i'm kind of like oh i don't know it, it's aggressive sometimes we're used to the snow and shit like that but they're not used to it so that trying to like manage that shit is extremely chaotic yeah like they don't have the i guess infrastructure to, like take care yeah. of it like even in the uk like they get snow but they get like half an inch and they're like 
don't go to the parks like don't drive there it's too dangerous they have like manual cars they have like way more control and they're like don't go it's too dangerous like mate like don't drive to Richmond Park like you're gonna get in a car accident (laughs) yeah I'm like no you're not you're no live on the edge I love the Essex accent like all the chavs on TikTok where they do the um M to the B. Oh, I know you're talking like, about. They do their makeup like. Oh my god, what is that? Like I see those videos, and for context, anyone who's watching, like these, I think the makeup for this specific person is like it's orange. You're wearing like orange foundation, and you have like thick ass like like eyebrows. Like it's just like very extreme. Oh my god, I I how is that? A, I thought that was like a Jersey Shore thing, not an England thing. What the fuck is that? Those people are called chavs, so they're like um. They're like hot Cheeto girls. Oh, I know what you mean. The hot Cheeto girls. The ones who like, I see it, the visual right now with the long nails and the like covered in like, like piercings and stuff and like the chewing of the gum really loud and like the, yeah, this mist, the, all the, the mist Victoria's and the spray. Secret. Yes. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah. They're, I feel like that's the best equivalent I could think of or like the people that would come to school wearing the cookie monster pajama pants and the osiruses ah, I know exactly what you're talking about good times I yeah, wonder if that still like, exists like in school nowadays because that's what we thought was fashion well they thought was fashionable in our day but now people like young people are actually look good versus us who were wearing orange fucking makeup because we didn't know what the fuck we were doing there are definitely hot cheeto girls when I was a teacher they were my favorite because I'd be teaching, like, kids would be talking. They'd be like, why are you going to be talking when Miss is teaching? She's literally trying to teach us. Like, don't you be disrespectful. Be like, go on, Miss. You're doing a great job. Oh, my God. I love <laughs> that. <laughs> oh, the most supportive girlies are the Hot Cheetos girls. That was a few years ago, though. So maybe things have mm-hmm. changed because kids are just unhinged sometimes. But, you know, they're still a thing. But I guess back to my experience living abroad. Well, if you're trying to live in the UK, being a student is, like, the easiest way to get there. You know, you get your master's degree, you kind of do your thing, you end up finding a job. So was it as expensive as you thought it was going to be? Like, like what what was uh, what did you expect? And then what was the difference between the expectations? I was expecting to go broke. Oh, really? I actually, I took out too much in loans. What? How is that I had an thing? excess. Interesting. Yeah. What I paid in rent personally is probably a little, like, just for my portion of the flat is more than I would probably pay where I live right now Mm -hmm. if I were splitting it with three or four other people. Like, studios here are, like, two grand, which is ridiculous. And I paid a little more than a thousand U.S. dollars a month. So I guess in that regard, space-wise, I saved money, Mm -hmm. even though I lived with other people. But groceries there, at least when I was living there, I don't know what it's like now because they've had a huge cost-of-living crisis Oh, also my utilities were wrapped into my rent. Oh, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, it was so nice. Groceries, you can get a whole loaf of bread for like a pound, pound 25 or something like that. Yeah. So like when I was living there, a pound was about a buck 25. And at the time I was gluten free and there's no price difference between bread with gluten and bread without gluten. Oh my God. Things that are gluten free are so fucking stupidly expensive. It's ridiculous. And especially because like some people really need it. Like it's not a choice for them. It was sort of a choice for me. I was using it to deal with like a chronic health issue that I thought I had that I got misdiagnosed with. That's a whole other story. So what you're saying is like you would probably go back. Like it seemed like it was a good like, you know, for what exchange of value you got was pretty high. 
Oh, 100%. Especially because, like you said, like you get health care. If you're a student, you get health care through the NHS, like period. Wow. It's part of your immigration surcharge. Like you pay for NHS a little bit. I know that when you were in the UK, you were also experiencing the MLM fucking drama and all that bullshit. Is that when you started to like step into the new version of yourself? Like, like after that experience, is that the thing that started to change you or was it something else? I think it just brought a lot of like self-awareness. That was kind of like the the door opening. Mm -hmm. It's like Nicole 2.0 of this. Like now you're learning all this stuff about yourself and like what you won't tolerate and like what you value. Once you realize like how you want to live your life, the ways in which you do so might change, but like the values will stay the same. And so for me, like one of the things I learned during that year abroad and like being exposed to MLM behavior and MLM culture in a multitude of ways, I've learned that I don't want and won't tolerate like fake relationships. Mm -hmm. And so that starts with like myself. It's like doing things I don't like to do or that aren't in alignment. I shouldn't say don't like to do like no one likes paying their taxes. No one likes doing laundry. Like shit still has to get done. <laughs> but like with my career, with who I spend my time with, like I can't compromise on that. And so if someone can't tolerate that, like I guess I can't. Hang with you. Yeah. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah. I mean, the benefit is like we're young. So we don't have like, you know, I, I can only like, I don't want to say I feel bad, but I feel I have empathy towards people who get like married young or have kids and all that stuff. And then they haven't had that realization of like, oh, this isn't who I am. And when they do, it's when they're older and they're like so far down that rabbit hole of playing mom or playing spouse or playing like good daughter or whatever it is that it's really, really difficult for them to peel back the layers that they've already like purposely created. You know what I mean? Mm hmm. Oh, 100 percent. It's super scary. Even honestly, even if you reach fuck it mode, it's still going to be scary. Yeah. I feel like people have this misconception that like once you've entered fuck it mode, that like everything will feel so easy. And, it like, gets worse. <laughs> it gets so much worse, honestly. I was going to say, I feel like it gets worse before it gets better. But it has to get worse before it gets better. Yeah. Like, is that like kind of the your experience with like a tiktok ban too you're like oh i got banned like that sucks but there must be for a good reason like again this is the worst before it gets better or is it when you mean worse before it gets better you meaning like the pushback from people in your life type of thing yeah like the pushback okay so you haven't yet entered into that mode yet so we're approaching we're approaching it as nicole gets louder probably oh yeah nicole's getting louder for sure expect more loudness but you just have to keep taking the steps mm-hmm if you don't, you're just constantly live a life of like misalignment. Mm -hmm. And there's this whole concept called the region beta paradox. I don't know if you've heard of it. Is that like Basically, an astrology thing or no? No, I think it's a, it might be a psychology thing. It's basically like people will not leave situations if they're mediocre. The situation will have to get like extremely bad oh, and extremely yeah. toxic before they leave them. Mm -hmm. Even if they know that like the mediocre situation that they're in isn't going to benefit them. I feel like that's kind of where I'm at. Like my life is like mediocre and like trying to get out of that, which is hard. It's much harder to leave something that's mediocre because you'll sit there and think like, well, I'm lucky to have this or I'm lucky yeah. to have that. And like you can practice gratitude and all that shit, but like you can still, you have to take the steps to move forward. Mm -hmm. If you like gaslight yourself into like thinking that everything just is good because they're, you just have to be grateful for things you'll just stay there and you'll feel yeah. so stuck. But I think that's kind of where I'm at. It's hard though, because there is a lack of gratitude. I feel like, 
like generally speaking but then it's the other flip side of that is like well what about the ambition right what about the wanting to try everything and like anything in the human experience so why don't we strive for more type thing and then it's this balance of like you know am I taking for granted the good things because I'm trying to find something new and then you end up like leaving it behind and like you said it gets worse before it gets better so then you're like doubting your decisions for fucking ever and then Mm -hmm. hope you would hope that it fucking turns around but a lot of times life feels like a giant rug pull so sometimes you're like what the fuck am I doing yeah I think people are stuck people tend to think like very black and white yeah or like all or nothing into like one ideal or one concept but I truly believe that like there's at least like this duality to life like you can be grateful and want something different and there's no tea no shade to the thing that you're trying to leave you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. we're all well no not all of us are grateful for how we grew up because some of us grew up in like difficult situations but I'm I'm thankful for how I grew up I'm thankful for my parents but it doesn't mean I don't want to leave home yeah I feel like right there's so much discussion now about childhood wounds and like you know shit that's like we talk about like the generational curse breakers and all that shit and like right the boomers who had lead and like our parents are like borderline boomer gen x so it's hard to not be angry with them for the decisions that they made when they were trying the best that they could but you also have to be grateful at the same time because we did have a good right i, I didn't live in an unsafe neighborhood i, I you know my, they love me even though they have their own shit to, that they're dealing with and their communication isn't great so it's like a it's like a double-edged fucking sword yeah well, I'm the youngest of three, so, like, there isn't as much of an excuse, but, like, I mean, even, I'm sure there are situations I put them in that it was the first time they experienced them, but, like, mm-hmm. your parents are going through parenthood for the very first time, like, especially if you're the oldest child. I know there are, like, very specific, like, oldest child wounds yeah. um, that I do not have to know about, but they're experiencing for the very first time as you're experiencing, like, life for the first time really like as a child like you're experiencing like so many emotions for the first time like just basic life stuff for the first time you can recognize that they did the best they could and recognize that like you still kind of came out a little bit scathed from that Mm -hmm. it's no tea no shade I will say like we didn't grow up like talking about our feelings a lot Mm -hmm. probably because my parents just didn't know how which is one of those things like my parents did the best they could but yeah, still grew up not really talking about our feelings a lot. Yeah. Actually, can we fucking talk about the TikTok ban? It's such bullshit. It's a fucking front. Especially because they announced the TikTok ban and then like a couple days later, the White House's Instagram posted a reel that was made on CapCut, which is owned by ByteDance. I'm sorry. Maybe this is me kind of wearing a tinfoil hat when I say this, but they're not scared of TikTok. They're scared of us sharing information and realizations that we've had and our perspective on things globally and they're scared of what we're going to do with that information like they're scared of us everything's changed right that's why people talk about the great awakening or people waking up it's because we're getting access to actual information about healthcare, like which sounds shitty but it's true like how many videos have you seen that talk about like things that aren't talked about publicly like 
health being our like our food being shit and like the the whole like everything right fucking i've seen so many videos on parasites i just got over parasites it took me three months to get rid of them i feel fucking great why has no one ever talked about that like oh, i would not have even thought about that if i hadn't gone down the tiktok route and that's one avenue that doesn't even encompass like learning about finances learning about regular shit like global fucking news too like the fact that things are covered on tiktok quicker and almost immediately in comparison to the american news which is very fucking like we didn't hear shit about the fucking oil spills we didn't hear shit about the train derailments none of that shit even some like like it's so fucking ridiculous Mm -hmm. and i even think too like everyone in paris right now like they're still they're rioting rioting, which is amazing we don't have us americans don't have the balls to do that but they fucking do it's amazing and you barely heard about it in American news. So if you don't know, if you're listening to this and you're like, why the fuck are Parisians rioting right now? Really just all of France, but mostly in Paris, the riots are taking place. Their government went behind like the appropriate process to like pass legislation to raise their retirement age. Their retirement age was 62, which is young compared to the American retirement age. They raised it to 64 which is still younger than the American retirement mm-hmm. age. I'm almost positive it's like 67 or 70 in the U.S. I was going like, to say, I think it's 67. People have got to be old as shit to be able to retire. Not that 67 is old, but like you know what I mean. Oh, I don't even think that's obtainable at this point, realistically, no. with the way that inflation is going and housing costs and interest rates. No fucking way is that staying, that's staying that low. It's impossible. No. I forget. I think I saw something that it was like at this rate, like, It'll be like 80 by the time we're trying to retire. Yeah. And they were saying like something like, I think originally needed like a mil or two on retirement. And now you need something like four or five or six, something like astronomical. And you're just like, excuse me, what the fuck is this? Like, I don't think so. It's yeah, no, it's absolutely ridiculous. But, but so the Parisians are, they're rioting for that reason. It's been like a month that they've, they've, they've been rebelling against th- that sort of change, I think. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's been a while that they've been doing that and they're still going strong. I mean, I think the thing that they're, well, first off, why would you want to work two more years, Mm -hmm. right? But also, I think it's the fact that like their government did it behind everyone's backs that really made them mad. I would be pissed. I mean, if we Americans are pissed because that's what our government does. But the difference between us and Parisians is like, I don't know. We have a we have difficulty like getting out of our own way and actually banding together because we're so fucking busy. That's one thing that I miss about living abroad is like yes, they're like they're obviously like the different political parties and they have their own issues, but for like the big stuff that matters, they can sit down, they can have a conversation and they can take at least somewhat of a united front. The UK has some is much more similar to the US than like other countries. Mm-hmm. Like they've had their own and not to get too political, whatever. Actually, you know what? I don't give a fuck. They've had their own like Donald Trump's like they've had their own like Reaganomics like, but they can sit down like most people are like, yeah, the NHS is great. Love that. Some people want to privatize it, but for the most part, they can sit down and have a conversation about it. We're much more like they're all they're. How do I say this? There's a lot of anger and there's a lot of rage and because we're afraid to take a stand as well because there's so much on the line for us in a system that's already rigged to begin with when you play by the rules, we don't want to do shit. But for whatever reason, Europe, I don't know if it's, again, because of public health care, like that they don't care about losing their jobs or like whatever the fucking, I don't know what's in the air over there, but they have a sense of courage that we don't have here. I think too, like 
in general, what I've noticed between living there and living here, Americans are very are very good at practicing acu- um, acute empathy. Like if someone gets into like a car accident, they will go all out for that person. They'll make them a meal like so they don't have to cook. Like they might come clean their house. Like they're very friendly in that way. But when it comes to like long-term systemic issues, they're very much about the individual and they just like can't give a fuck. If it doesn't affect them, they don't care. Our society is not built to have us practice like chronic empathy, which I guess in some ways it has its pros, but it I think long-term it's way more of a con than a pro. But again, it's like one of those things, do we want to get involved with the mess or do we just want to leave? And just go somewhere where they've got their shit figured out. Because, like, I, I don't know. And then there, that even that starts the cycle again of, like, nothing gets fixed. And you have these fucking idiots who, like, Nepo babies and all this shit who can just do whatever the fuck they want and milk the system and pretend that they're for the people. And then they're fucking not. And then the political regime just continues. And you're like, what the fuck is this? Like, I don't understand. I think about that, too. And then I also think about, like, fun fact, if you make less than 110000 U.S. dollars living abroad your taxable income is zero. That's the thing that irks me though, is that we have to write, play within a system and like not go for the stars in a sense. Like, okay, so I have to cap my income so that I can fucking keep it. Like that's fucking, like it's ridiculous. I will say though, that living in the UK, that won't be hard to do. I was talking to one of my flatmates cause I was starting like as a VA and I was like, oh, like, you know, I'll make this much in a year with this one client that I had mm-hmm. and she was like oh is that like how much is that in pounds and I did the equivalent she was like you'll make that much like she was floored that she can make that much money or that anyone can make that much money working mm-hmm. and she was like yeah no like that's like not a thing like you don't start out making that much again they you know a lot of their other expenses like they don't have $500 premiums to pay every month Yeah, but Australia would be harder to not make the equivalent of 110,000 US dollars because they have one of the highest minimum wages in the world, which is great. But if you're an expat, it's not great if you're trying to stay under the 110K. Minimize. Yeah. Although I still would love to live there. So, um, oh, yeah. Not that I'm trying to commit fraud, but if any Australian man, Jacob Lordy, <laughs> wants to organically meet me and fuel my toxic ego thinking that if I were in the room with him that I could pull him (laughs) let me know he shoot your shot Nicole shoot your shot he was born literally the day before me so like our birth charts are pretty much the same I mean I don't know his rising what are you talking about Hmm? how do you know what do you mean you know the the what are you talking about Jacob Alordi someone Oh, the guy that... Okay, yes, yes. Okay. I thought you were just like, I went to an astrologer and she told me the exact like chart and all this shit for the dude that I'm like going to marry. And Imagine. Right. Oh, dude, that'd be so nice. Like, just put a birth chart out there. I'd be like, who matches this? <laughs> Let me know. Mm-hmm. Oh. Maybe one day. Right. There, There's some pretty cool shit like astrocartography, which I haven't really dived into, but I want to hire someone to do a full astrocartography reading for me. I just haven't found someone that I like click with. Um, just out of curiosity, because like, I'm like, where am I supposed to live? Where am I going to make the most money? You know, all that shit. Where's the ease, right? All that. You know, what's so funny is I have a few of my major lines are on, I'm trying to think, because Americans are not good with- Wait, Europe, right? Didn't we talk about this actually briefly? There's one that falls like right next to the United Kingdom. So it's mm-hmm. no surprise that I ended up there. 
And also it's near Ireland and I felt very at home there. But I have three lines on the coast of like Eastern Australia, which is like the Brisbane Gold Coast, like that area, Mm -hmm. which I would love to go to. I've been wanting to go there for a long time. So I'm like, okay, I got to go. Something's up. Yeah. Yeah, Well, I mean, I think we talked about too, like I had a line that was right through Austin and I was like, what the fuck? How do you explain that? I don't understand. Right. Um, but I still want someone to do a deep dive because right, we can, I'm not an expert in that. It's like, oh, I see a TikTok video who says like, oh, my Jupiter line is for this. I'm like, great, let me go to my thing and like check it out. I don't know shit though. I'm like guesstimating, right? But it's still a fucking cool concept. I just love astrology. I think it's so fucking helpful. It's only bad when you like base every decision you make and every fucking thing you do on it. Like you need to take it with a grain of salt, but does, doesn't mean like I do love feeding into my delusion. I will say. I don't think it's delusional though. Like I, I, because you're right. Like, how do you explain that? Like, somewhere I've wanted to go has, like, three major cartography lines. Mm-hmm. Or somewhere... I ended up going to the UK twice because I studied abroad during undergrad just for a semester. And then I ended up back there for a whole year. Like, I don't think it's... I don't think it's delusional. You should find an astrocartographer to come on the show. Yeah, I know, right? If anyone's out there, please refer your friends because I've been, I've been looking. I tried... A couple different people and they're like I like I kind of do that but I'm not an expert so I wouldn't recommend and I was like okay like back to the drawing board but um yeah you know how it is too like when you hire people it's a gut feeling and so this person could have all the like stats and the whatever clout but if it's not like we're not like feet, the vibe isn't there I'm not gonna fucking go for it so I've been thinking about hiring someone to do that for me too because I like I kind of understand it but I get but I want to know more yeah I need someone like I have no shame in hiring experts like I can do like I've I used to do my taxes myself when I was getting w-2s but like 1099s and all that shit I'm like I don't want to fuck with that handle my deductions like so I'd hire this guy and someone was like if they do something wrong it's on you because they're your taxes and I'm like okay they're literally an expert like they went to school for accounting like why wouldn't I hire an expert like why wouldn't I want the best person to do shit for me like, I don't want to, well, not that I don't want to sit down and learn astrocartography, but if someone's already done that, why wouldn't I pay someone to help me figure that shit out? Mm-hmm. Especially if it's going to help. Like, I find that making decisions based on astrological so- shit sometimes, like, actually ends up being some of the best fucking decisions. So, yeah. Again, call me delusional, but I don't give a shit. I have my methods and it's somewhat working out. So, fuck it. Yeah. Exactly. And I think too, like, not to say that like in every instance, if things are going to shit, they're actually working out. Cause like there are some things that you can't explain and there are some things that are just too unfortunate for that to apply to and like too traumatic. But I think mm-hmm. for the most part, like if your life feels a little shitty, like that means you're moving in the right direction in some way, shape or form. Even if it's not necessarily like a logical decision, if it's going to accelerate the timeline at which you make the right decision then it's worth being a little delusional sometimes yep fucking yep i'm all i'm all about that you know that um (laughs) (laughs) god this this journey on earth is so fucking fun yeah anyway thank you so much for coming on the show uh where can people find you nicole well first off thanks for having me again i really appreciate it this has been so fun you can find me on my own podcast called That Bitch from Boston. Again, Gabby helped me concept to launch. You can stream that pretty much anywhere. You can stream a podcast, Spotify, Apple, 
I'm on the big ones, Amazon. You can also find me on TikTok at that bitch from Boston. I fucking love TikTok. You can search my hashtag that bitch from Boston if you can't find my page for whatever reason. I'm on Lemon Eight. Oh, so am I. I don't really I haven't yeah. really posted that much on it, but I kind of I'm getting I'm getting there. I'm trying to. Yeah, I think that's going to be a, a good place for UGC. Mm-hmm. And I think, well, I like it too because it's own, it's a TikTok. Yep. It's basically TikTok's Instagram. And I really don't love Instagram and like Facebook. So I'm trying to use like the TikTok focused apps. So yep. you can find me on there at that bish from boss. B-I-S-H. Yep. <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't let me do bitch. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I um I also love all the people who like when the app started getting big they were like let's buy all the names for all the big brands so that they have to pay us for them or like you just take them to be an asshole I'm like I love this for us take I it back. fucking love that <laughs> anywhere else or those are kind of like the main things I mean I'm on Instagram at that bitch from Boston but you'll find all that content on TikTok so whichever app you prefer well thank you again for coming on the show I really appreciate it and um I'll probably literally be DMing you later because that's what we do. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. Thank you so much.